Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Backstage Pass. I'm your host, Vince Edwards. You may know me from Sound Image Productions. I also have a couple closed roadie Facebook groups, uh, one called Death by Loadout and another one called The Backstage Pass. Off to my right is my good, good friend, Kyle Thomas, and co-host. What up, buddy? Not too much, man. Another day, another dog biscuit. Now, Pat O'Doul, I think, was a Pat that was pointing out that that he knows that, you know, we're liberal with the dog biscuits around here. And so Pat was wondering, you did get dog biscuit today, didn't you? I got two of them. Very happy. I talked to my brother about this this wanton use of dog biscuits. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I, I was thinking you were already good when our good, good friend, Frankie Lane, showed up. No, has the studio down in Monterey, and he had uh, Planet Gemini and a couple old clubs and places we've done shows at through, wave God, 35 years, I think. Great friend. The Italian mad scientist in the kitchen. Badass. Oh, my God. The right. best lasagna I've ever right. had. He brought in this giant thing of lasagna. Wonderful lasagna. And some, uh, some I guess, their handmade uh, sausage. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't find those as enjoyable, but the lasagna, which I'm a connoisseur of, mm. was on point. Yeah, that was some amazing lasagna. He made the sauce, and that's where lasagna goes south is the, on the sauce. And he, he nailed it. Thank Perfect. you, Frankie. You did a great job, buddy. Thank you, Frankie. Looks Frank. like we got some folks checking in this evening. Now, that's now the Susie Duggan. That, that's that rings Duggan. a bell. Susie Duggan. That's that's my sweetheart. That's yeah. your sweetheart. How lovely. Hello, Susie. It's good to have you on the, the shop the, in the house tonight. And looks like we've got our guest uh, gal in the house tonight too, as well, yeah, Selena, Selena Lewis. That's very sweet of her. And, uh, and I think that, that's making our guests very happy as well. Very cool. Uh, Mr. Wensley, <laughs> the man from Crew Music Asia. What's up, badass? You're getting your therapy tonight. Sit in place. Let's have some fun. We're going to rock and roll. All right. What are you up to, Ben? Man, we're just uh, trying to develop a tip corner now. The tip corner. We, <laughs> we floated some ideas out and on the name, so maybe we could get uh, some, some ideas on this. But our thought was maybe we do a, a tech tip corner where okay. we offer some some maybe uh, gig suggestions and techniques for different things like console operation or mixing certain style of music or lights or whatever. With, uh, RF or uh, now I know we were kind of going back and forth with some nights it'll just be and, and we're looking for names for this now we've written down a few of them and we've we've come up with some stuff but but if anybody has any good ideas for a name for a tech corner segment say five to eight minutes it could be about uh, a mixing procedure or working some rf and some accents and find you know issues with uh clearcom uh whatever yeah we're taking name suggestions yeah so if you guys got anything please send them across the uh the top chat on uh youtube let's by the way you got anything else yeah, I mean, I just like I said, this is really exciting just because we can utilize the same space uh, for some nice educational backing. Well, and, I, uh, I think we were thinking about it. That was what we came up with. But we were thinking and sometimes that uh, we think can, we can be a little dialogue heavy. Now, we enjoy it over on this side, but we want you guys to not be bored either. And maybe towards the end of some of the interviews, they go long and we get excited. You know, sometimes we got some, you know, you're talking to Greg Price. It's hard to shut him down. It, yeah. Well, there's you. You spend your time, Greg Price. Shut up. I know we were talking about your Black Sabbath experience, but uh, it's not going <laughs> to fucking happen. I'm, we're going to be talking about Black Sabbath. So you got to bear with me sometimes. But we were thinking about taking in that, like you said, the little tech corner thing. We've got a lot of big brain dudes and, and, and Kyle and Michael and, and Brad Maddox and uh, people that are willing to do this with us, Bernie Broderick, uh, Gregory Price, Robert Scoville, you know, some of the biggest hitters in the game that will break down and give us a little five-minute thing and we'll do it with Kyle. Uh, and we thought we didn't insert that somewhere logically or strategically in the show. 
So yeah. help us with names with that. Something that comes to mind if you got it, you know, send it. Yeah. And um, other than that, I mean, I've been, uh, the, I'm going to do a mass push of uh, episodes up on Spotify and Google Play and all that pretty soon here. So next week there should be a, another grip of like six to seven shows up posted. So you're talking about how we we podcast, we stream, we, we you know, we'll, uh, we'll cut out the audio tracks from any of the given shows, the normal recorded video to tape shows and take the audio tracks which um is the domain of kyle thomas and he's been putting them on um amazon music google podcast itunes spotify stitcher uh, pretty much any place you can get a podcast and we've got i think 12 or or so already up and Correct, you're yeah. adding six you say yeah you're working on six right now yeah i'm gonna put them up in chunks like that so six now we we'll, might in a in a month or something do right. another batch of them depending well, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a labor-intensive process. He cuts the audio. We slice off the audio segments, and then we remix those and tighten them up. So there is some. it's a little more than just transferring something over, just so you know. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. It'll be fun. Plus, as you know, we, we, uh, we go live on YouTube, Facebook Live, and Twitch. You can find us there if you like what you see, particularly on YouTube. Uh, subscribe, push like, that would help us out. Uh, we always like to send a little shout out to our friends that um, have other groups that we support or we're somehow associated with. So if you get a chance, go to EAW's user group. They're super fun. It's a great page, especially if you like EAW product. They're, I think they're one of the best manufacturers in America. And uh, our good friends, uh, Laura and Rick Allen over at uh, Laura Monroe, Allen and Rick Allen, uh, have the Big Love Army page, which is a real positive page. You know, if you want to go over and get a daily affirmation type thing, that's the people for but It's for the guys, that, you know, the, 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 the knob and fader guys. Uh, you, you, I can't recommend that. They've got 70-plus shows of some really great content, and it's, uh, it's a great place to learn stuff and just inter be entertained. And, of course, uh, lots of love to our, our friends over at Loving Hands for Stage Hands. Those guys are trying to help people out, people in our industry that are struggling. You know, it's been crazy. It's just keep going and stretching and on and on with the COVID-19, meaning we're not working the way we would normally be. And some folks are struggling with that, and they want to go to a place where other people have like thoughts and kind of lift each other up. So uh, that's what that page is for. That's on uh, Facebook, Loving Hands for Stage Hands. Check them out. And, uh, of course, one last little reminder. We have the uh, Big Love Benefit concert coming up. It's almost done being edited together, pushed all, smushed together. You'll start seeing some advertising more for it, and that's January 24th? 23rd. 23rd. I was wrong. On Nugs TV. January 23rd. Lots of artists. Uh, cool stuff we did right here with uh, Rick Allen and, um, God, lots of people. Uh, Winona Judd, uh, Matt Soren. Billy Idol. Billy Idol. Uh, just on and on. Uh, some really great, talented people that uh, were making music for you guys, uh, hopefully to raise some money so we can give it to Sweet Relief, and Sweet Relief can, people that apply to it, can get some aid that need assistance right now because, you know, it's a freaking crazy time. And the last but not least, Mikey, I'm going to Sweet Strings. Our friend, we have this friend. Uh, it's Kyle and I's friend. A little, little badass, man. Yeah, so our friend, I'm holding strings, guitar strings. Now, these guitar strings are cryo elites. They're uh, called Sweet Strings. That's the company name. And basically, they're cryogenically treated, which does, has an effect on the, uh, the nickel. The, the, it does a thing that allows the strings to stay in too longer. My friend, his name's Sam Hurley, he actually started this company up, which blows me away a little bit. We were, we were like right on the kid. He's a young man. 
He's uh, he's kind of a monitor guy for what Leon Bridges. I Leon think. Bridges, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guitar he's, tech and uh, monitor. Yeah, he's an excellent guitarist, a musical little bastard, and a, and a dear friend, a sweet guy. And um, he brought these in, and we were like, "Cool, man." And I was saying, "Wow, you know, how did the kid pull that off?" You went to a music store, and yeah, you, yeah. Went, you went in and asked him for some, and they actually had some. <laughs> it was such a trip. It's like, me. oh yeah, Sammy brought this in. We're selling them for it. So like, it's a thing. It's legit. So you want to hear about somebody's pivot? Somebody went from being a really right. talented engineer to making strings, which was just, you know, whether they pick up or not, what a brilliant idea, and they sound amazing. Yeah, you yeah, know? they work really well. Whoa, look at that, my baby. Uh, Jackie from Slow Fire. Oh my God! Yeah, hey, yeah. Jackie. I'm in love. I'm in love. <laughs> All right, honey. You know. You know. Hello, Charlie Zaricki. That's that is my brother from another mother. I hope you're doing well, Big Daddy. Listen, we're gonna do some rock and roll. We got a cool, cool dude in the house this evening. We're very lucky. Very lucky. This young man's done everything from acting uh, and TV shows. We get a lot of TV shows filmed up here in the city, and and we got some perfect fucking landscape for that and he's done some acting uh, you know like extra stuff to he's an ld he's come up with some of the best learned some of the coolest shit and uh he does venue work he does uh, uh union stuff he's an all-around kind of veteran ld guy he's been in the game for a long time he's been in the ups and the downs that the game provides that a lot of us know about and we brought him in to talk to us about it uh, it's um, now i want to get this right because it's it, Help me. Ignacio. Ignacio Orellana Garcia. Garcia. Uh, Ignacio Orellana Garcia. The English pronunciation. Thank you for coming to the show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm, I'm doing good, man. It's really good to be here. Uh, we, we're very excited to have you. Um, tell us about, well, first of all, have you had to utilize any tricks um, during this COVID time to kind of keep it cool? Uh, a whole bunch of them. Uh, so one thing is road trips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, driving around with my friends and having a lot of fun uh-huh. uh went back home for two months to to new york back to my mom's house in the bronx where i grew up and uh how'd you get there how did i get there i flew there oh i thought i saw that you it was earlier in the summer oh oh early on okay so we'll we'll yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get there yeah 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 cool 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 good i thought we jumped out a little and i was you know be cool and go with it uh, <laughs> uh so you you went and saw family before yeah. uh, obviously before the restrictions and i so went on, and so. saw family right as the restrictions were coming down it was it, it was in uh that was in uh, uh mid-june gotcha so you know it was it was interesting to to quarantine ish in in yeah. New York City. Well, let's stay on this thread then. And I know recently, because I follow you on the Facebook, we're friends, and, and I saw that you did a cross-country. Which we did. I was a little envious because you kept doing the road shots, you know, yeah, driving down. Right, right. I think you were on 80 or something. And, I, I, yeah. I was on 80 the whole time. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and going off on Route 66. Yeah, sure. Here and there, and it really is a super cool route with lots of desert oh, yeah, yeah. and neon. On and, countless yeah. times when it was, hell, I was on it when it was called 50. Yeah. And it, so there's, uh, there's different, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but super fun. You know, those uh, some of the spots that you were highlighting because you would kind of drive with the phone and uh-huh. do little segments. And it's uh, it, uh, although it tends to blend together, that's we've been on it so many times during touring. You know, you can't help it for a minute from the camera perspective, you were the camera perspective you were providing. I kind of felt like I was there with you for a couple seconds. It felt good. Yeah. So was that fun? It was it, it was a lot of fun. I was helping a friend of mine move to Maine. So we, we did a straight shot all the way from Ocean Beach, San Francisco, mm-hmm. to the town of Holton, Maine, which is, I mean. In, that's, in, yeah, that's completely the tippy top of the, the other side. Sticks. Yeah. 
you and are it's, it's in the really of as far east, more or less, as you can get. I yeah, would think, and yeah. staying in the country. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it, it was going right up against uh, the border of Canada. It was cool. Wow, wow. Lots of church radio on the way there. Okay, good times. There yeah. sure is. Yeah. Getting up into the neck of the woods I grew up in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So filled with church radio everywhere. Everything <laughs> between everything between Barstow and St. Louis is church radio. Oh man. That's oh. when maybe you consider doing the free month trial for Sirius, you know, to get the Sirius FM on there and get the satellite coming down and feed you <laughs> something a little different. But yeah, you're not wrong. Luckily in the touring days, you know, we had the the Walkmans and the the, the CD mins, you know, things. So you just you know have earphones on pretty much between stops yeah. just to keep your sanity, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music yeah. guys. I know. was listening to to music and podcasts, and my friend and me were in two different vehicles and talking with walkie-talkies because oh, cool. I worked on a show with them. So we we wanted to recreate the feeling of being on a show while being on the road. Yeah, so we were perfect. talking to walkie-talkies the, the whole time. Oh, look at that car. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. Look at that banner. Yeah. You want to stop? I have to go to the bathroom. Sounds way <laughs> fun. It was a lot of fun. It was really funny. Uh, that's great, man. Yeah. yeah, and that's, I think you, you you mentioned that you were helping him move, right? Yeah. Well, that's when you know you had a real friend because uh, it's that you helped him move. Uh, I've always said that is one of the best kind of measurements you can use with friendships is knowing the, the guys that will help you move. Because, you know, so many <laughs> people will turn much. up missing. Oh, I got to move this weekend. It's like from here to there. You went all the way to fucking Maine. And, you know, a lot of guys <laughs> will turn up missing just to do, you know, from across town move so uh, that, that was very kind of you yeah it was a trade-off I, I i helped them move and i got to see the whole country while while being able to, to stay at hotels and stuff you know uh, it was fun everybody wins everybody I thought, wins man. I thought the best deals when everybody's needs get met that's, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> seriously that's best when if you can pull that off so i know you've been in the, we mentioned before you've been in the game for quite some time and uh and it came up in a very kind of special place and I think we'll have to explain this to people, not to everybody in the, in the viewing audience, but, huh. but not everybody will understand immediately. So you came up under one of the, you can only really call him a, a legend in the lighting business. Uh, yeah. We were talking about him before the show. His name's Jerry Abrams, and this is around uh, 91, 92 at the Kennel Club. Yeah. And you got to kind of study under him a little bit, yep. Yep. which yep. is, uh, talk to us about that. Jerry Abrams, you're, you start your light, you get, you get into lighting. And I'm going to ask you that later. Why? Okay. Why? Because why am I audio? You know, what I mean, right. like there's a reason we do what we do. But uh-huh. so you go into a place to start working, and, and they put you with Jerry Abrams. Well, my my working with Jerry Abrams and 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 the company is called Jerry Abrams Headlights, mm-hmm. which was the split from the original Headlights, right? Which was him and Glenn McKay. So they split. They became Jerry Abrams Headlights. They were big in the '60s, and so I I saw his his work when I saw when I was. Uh, uh, seeing Monterey Pop. And so when I heard that he worked out of the kennel club through a friend of mine, I was 24, 25 years old. I'm like, oh, I want to learn how to run a psychedelic light show. So <laughs> that's who you go to. That's how I got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, he is notorious for the oil light, you know, that yeah. whole print. That, that I, I don't, I'm not enough into lighting to know, but I know who Jerry Abrams is and his, uh, the history he has. Uh, some would say he's, um, he was partly responsible for the modern rock and roll lighting show. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And and to say that you had any tenure with him is, you know, it's kind of a special thing. Yeah. It's not everybody can say that. So uh, found him interesting. and He was a real character, a really special person. An old 60s head like like me that just, like, loves all those bands. It was it was like the holy grail. To, have, to be able to 
to run plates and to do plates like in live during shows and during dance nights and stuff at the kettle club was was awesome and it was very low impact so i could i could train on it and i got good at it wow that's very cool what a lucky break yeah it's really great yeah i think he's since passed but um he was lucky it was it was an incredible guy yeah. and it's good that he got yeah. to you know and i'm sure other folks worked with him too that they kind of been he imparted some uh yeah. wisdom and technique to yeah. that so that stays alive because yeah. there's you know it's in some ways uh it's certainly not a um you know, in the day of lighting and automation and so on and so forth, to still have some of those old tricks in your bag is a good thing, I would think. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk about a subject that you've authorized us to talk about, and it's a little sensitive, but it shouldn't be because, you know, in our business, and I was a, I was a product of this, and I can say I gave my life a decade to this, mm-hmm. is to, to the, the nature of working in the game, being in the, in the business, and especially, I would say, when we were coming up, and I'm from the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, where there was a lot of drugs in the mix. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know I personally had a little thing with, with the cocaine. And like I said, I just admitted to at least a decade of my head completely up my ass and doing almost all the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that you had, uh, during your early part of your career, where you were working away and you messed around with the H, and that kind of got, got in your wheelhouse and took over a little bit yeah. and to the point. And I ended up uh, for, I think I did like a little 10-day stretch or so where I got tossed out of somewhere and was with my cat in my car oh, nice. at a park or some shit. That sounds and right. the cat ran off. Ended up finding him a day or something later. But that was like enough where it snapped my ass in my head out of it and I, and I straightened up. But it took like extreme shit to happen for me to think at some point, you know, I had to, uh, you know, turn my life around. Right. And I know you did that. You got right. 25 years straight. Tell us your story. Yeah. So the story in a nutshell is I'm 24, 25 years old. And you said that, you know, a lot of people in our industry uh, come, come, come across us. It's like, I think Pete Townsend said that drugs and hard drugs are an occupational hazard in, in rock and roll. I thought that was funny. That's good. Yeah, it's funny because it's true. It's, pr- it's pretty much <laughs> yeah. the way it is. And, if, and yeah. if you're not already working in rock and roll, doing the drugs will make you think that you're working in rock and roll. <laughs> That's a good You one. know, it's, it's uh, all, the, all the downside with little of the benefit. Yeah, right, um, right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I found myself, I was uh, about 25, 26 years old, mm-hmm. uh, doing my plates at the, at the kettle club, and I had about a quarter to a half a gram a day heroin habit, and uh, I would be running the shows. I loved doing this stuff. I had wanted to work in the, in the plastic arts, is what they call them, uh-huh. uh, for, for a long time, and, and I had a, a habit. So I would be up, up in the rafters and fixing while the show is going on and while I'm doing my slides and my plates and wow. all the stuff. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's a different world than if I was um, busking on, on, a, uh, on one of the consoles that we have now. It would probably be a lot more obvious that I was completely fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Well, the you technology know, was different. I'm sure there was some. If you had your lights focused, I would think you're probably pretty good, relatively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you had you had that moment. We yeah. would we would sneak back and because we were smoking the shit back in the day, you know. So uh-huh. we'd find those little moments too where we could sketch out and go behind the drapes or whatever. And more often than not, we'd reveal our stupidity, or it was just that stupid grin, that dumb like cocaine, you know, your right. mouth moving around thing right. would bust you. But uh, right. But you know, when you're addicted, you're addicted. And and I know that you went down that road for a little while and got to the other side. Right. Something 
right. something yanked you right. and said, hey, this is not for me. This is, I can do better than this. So, and you went and got some treatment. Yeah, so, so Jerry Abrams, unfortunately, uh, the last time I saw him is, is when I was loaded, probably out of money or something. Uh, there were a bunch of other bands that I could have toured with and done my slides and oils and visuals for that, yeah. that I just kind of I dropped the ball on. Eventually, I found myself homeless wow. uh, in the mission uh, here in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, uh, got busted a bunch of times and then made a, uh, went through a program, uh, basically a court ordered program with about a year or two or three hanging over my head. So wow. you, you uh, complete this program and then your charges are dropped. And, and you were able so to effectively make it through the program and I stick with it. Completed the program and the charges were all dropped. Fantastic. Yeah. Not not without the help of other people that are just like me. And of course, yeah. No, no, it's it's not a solo event. Sometimes uh, we all came and came at sobriety slightly different than the ones of us that made it. Thank God, yeah. you know. And um, and I know for you, the, the maybe the twelve step thing worked for, well. I know yeah. that you mentioned that, and and I've seen that have uh, success for other folks too. And you know, it's it's good to know that there's these systems out there, whatever they go by, whatever they're nomenclature where they found that people should check into them you know drugs are not something that you have to do it's a choice that we forget and then before you know it becomes not a choice and it becomes right. a, uh, a way of life that is no way to live and so right. i i won't lie i had a lot of fun i believe in my I, you know it's kind of the contradiction of drugs is um and i don't think drugs are the problem i think people are the problem but uh, people don't like this theory too much but um i think people use drugs wrong and so, <laughs> so, but there are some of the big guys out there, like the heroines and the cocaines of the world, that uh, hard to find a, a viable recreational place for them because uh, you're going to probably end up being an, an ass and doing something wrong. With we it, all so. fantasize about being a, a weekend yeah. Yeah. partier. Well, I think it always started that. I'm pretty sure that's what it was for us. You right. know, it started out like, you know, uh, you know, we almost invariably use per diem and pay because back in the days, in the early days, you'd get paid at the end of the night, you right. know, and you get per diem for any travel gigs and have to, right. And so we kind of lived off of that. And, but really rapidly that turns into something else. And right. before, you know, especially, you know, if you're kind of injecting or you're smoking things, right. those, that's kind of the fast track to, you know, dummyville. But I know you went through all that. You got to the other side, then you got into the counseling. Right. And how long did you do that? So what happened is that. Some of the people who helped me the most were pretty rock and roll looking people. My, my uh, first like mentor or friend or whatever you want to call him was this big terrifying biker looking dude with a bunch of tattoos. Yeah. And, and our relationship continued until he died of cancer, uh, which was just about, uh, about eight years ago, uh, wow. seven years ago. And so that relationship was so enduring that I in turn began to kind of like mentor and help out other other people in in, in the recovery community also. That's oh, very kind. So yeah, it's it's not something that can be done by everybody individually and yeah. you know people need help and that's very sweet. Yeah. And so today you're, you you do what you do, you're good and yeah. occasionally if there's somebody you can help you offer information and that type of thing. I do. Yeah. That keeps it cool. fresh and that that would be the the equivalent of being like a sound guy and mentoring like you know, a, a young, a young up and coming. Sure. You don't tour anymore. It's tiring or whatever, yeah. but you would love to sit down and tell somebody else how, how it's done and walk them. Well, through that's it. what the whole mission of sound image is. I, right. As we speak right now, like, you know, this cause you did a little tour through the shop, uh, about 20 feet this way, 
We have Winston Dahman here playing around on an S6L, uh, tightening up his game. I think he's mixing one of his. He's got the stems from a, a Pointer Sister show because he's their guy. Oh, and wow. so he's back there cleaning. He's just getting to play because, you know, well, first of all, uh, he's updating his town. This guy has worked on every damn board there is on the planet and almost every band there is. But yes. this is a newer board, and he's learning the intricacies of that board. So when we do come back, he'll get out there. And so that's the whole point of this this shop is we can't be gigging. We can be training. Right. You know, we just do it carefully and keep a kind of a safe right. distance from each other and give each right. other our space. But so right on. Good for you. Uh, I found I was, you know, going through your info and, you know, we do our research here and, I noticed that you in 1998, give, give or take, you started doing some some guest spots, or I guess like cameos, or what do you call them? Um, like uh, extra, excuse me, extra work. Extra work on yeah. uh, Nash Bridges, Nash Bridges, which yes. was a Don Johnson, I think, Cheech Marin thing. Yeah, um, that was on CBS, if I remember correctly. Yep, uh, it was it was on for many years. I, I was on four uh, four or five uh, seasons of it. What, so what's that entail? What's what is it? What what is, does an extra do? How do you? What does it entail? Uh, is you get a is 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 you go with the call time along with with uh, everybody else yeah. uh, for because Nash Bridges was an episodic show. Um, right. They had it. They had it down. It wasn't. It wasn't like a one off. Get get all the principal photography done in three weeks or four weeks or. Or whatever. This is this is going to be an ongoing thing. It's more like a nine to five, which which was the jail. Yeah. And then you know uh, they would wheel us into jail, and uh, and and they would run their lines and shoot all the scenes and stuff. So yeah. I always played somebody who was in jail, which me having been an ex junkie wasn't too much of a stretch <laughs> of a role. Right on. So. Did you have fun with it? Oh, I had a lot of fun with it. What was the connection with that and impact lighting? So there wasn't a connection between that and impact lighting. Um, impact lighting came up because uh, a friend of mine knew one of the early uh, LDs there, and which is how I actually met Jerry. Oh. And then um, finding myself wanting to wanting to have a job. Now I'm about two two three years into recovery. Uh, uh, a friend of mine referred me back to impact lighting so i had already known them i had already been at their warehouse and i started to to work for them in the warehouse and rarely on site but learned all the gear and that's how i ended up getting into lighting oh wow very cool very cool they're good people over at impact yeah uh did you have some uh, this is a this popped up maybe i'm wrong about this help help me understand uh there was a movie called um a feature film i believe called skeleton woman yes what was your interaction with that production so my my friend from from nash bridges who was who was the head uh pa he was he was on the ad line uh uh, went from nash bridges to to freelancing and we were friends on nash bridges so he brought me into skeleton woman where he's now the second ad um he hired me as originally the key set PA for the first week. Mm-hmm. Their second, second AD had a meltdown in the middle of shooting one day. The whole, the whole gig was just way over her head, which opened it up. So I got bumped up, which is how it goes on a lot of movie sets. I've been on a few. Somebody of them, yeah. loses it. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? Your producer, well, yeah. not producer, but you. I know what you mean. You get the idea. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. That's pretty um, cool. So I, I, I was second, second uh, on that for the rest of the month. Gotcha. Half. 
Um, I know you've done a lot of work. Do, <clears throat> I believe you do some housework over at the Independent, which is uh, a cool little place that we <clears throat> we throw shows into here in the city. Oh, I'd call it a shed, kind of. You know how they, you know, it's got a certain vibe. It catches certain gigs. It's the, the kind of place. Um, uh, well, I, well, I know for a fact that you were talking to me about uh, working with X, which yeah. is one of my favorite. I mentioned to you that we, me and my brother, go way back with X, like nineteen. Awesome. I want to say eighty-one or eighty-two, something like that. Um, L.A. days, right before, uh, right before we came up here. I think we saw a couple shows <laughs> down south. And we were kind of in the process of getting thrown out of downtown nice. and coming up north. And um, so we developed a relationship with Xene and John Doe, who's a great guy. Yeah. And I, you were saying that you had a unique experience doing lights for uh, working lights at um, the Independent with Xene. Tell us about it. That was that was exactly a year ago tonight. Uh, X, X comes and does like like a little mini residency mm-hmm. where they set up shop at the independent and they do like like three or four shows in a row or something or yeah, you know for like a week X is in the house Very and cool. uh, and I wanted to, to work with them so I got on those on those shows. Um, I think it was the second show uh, their their PM had given me I mean I, I I don't this is this is this is live live punk rock you're not getting cues it's not like a cue sheet sure. the only cue that they really had was to cue the mirror ball oh. in uh in the middle of one of their more ballad songs and um so i missed that cue so the song begins the uh the chorus uh begins i'm supposed to hit the mirror ball for every chorus but something subconsciously said don't hit the mirror ball at that point i could see the PM throwing his hands up at the other end of the room, like you were supposed to hit the mirror ball. So there was another chorus. So I hit the mirror ball on the last chorus, and it looked amazing. And because it was the only one, it didn't. It wasn't overkill. Exine stops the show uh, after that song, and she's like, "Hey, I just, I would just like to say uh, that 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 you know, I'd like to thank the LD here because that that last song looked really really good. So thank you." And uh, that's a rare thing. <laughs> How often that does the LD happen. get thanked, you know? Yeah. Or, frankly, even the sound guy for that matter. But, but yeah. yeah, it's a rare thing when the, the band will reach out to you, particularly in the middle of a show. So you yeah. must have really shunned or something, you know? It must have turned... Yeah. And that, she's a pro. I mean, Xene's been in the game for solid 40 years. Easy, yeah. 40 years. I, I went up and thanked her afterwards, and she's super accessible. Yeah, like, yeah, she's just, a sweetheart. She's yeah. actually a very kind lady, yeah. And uh, yeah. good for you. Um, again, you, you know, you've had this very career and you've done lots of different stuff. And so we're kind of coming at it from different angles, you know, instead of the traditional, tell me about lights, just lights, 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 lights. Right, right. We're, we're digging around. And so I know that you helped form a co-founded, um, a sketch comedy group called Funny But Mean. Yes. So, Talk to us about that. So I'm, I'm one of the, I wouldn't say the actual founder of Funny But Mean, um, the original members were was 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 me, a couple of the people from from Beach Blanket Babylon, uh-huh. uh, and and the assistant stage manager of a Beach Blanket Babylon. So it it was the four of us looking to do something on the off hours, and and the theater was dark on Mondays and Tuesday nights, and we started to uh, with the with the help of other people. Um, 
we had a, a great writer, this this woman named Stephanie, and basically her and and our ASM wrote most of the material, and and we did shows at the Exit Theater. And do little sketches. Yeah, sketch co- comedy, very very well written, very tightly done. Mm-hmm. Everybody hits their beats and very lo-fi. Yeah, like cool. not a lot of effects, not a lot of. Not a whole lot of stuff, just very well. Scenery props like that, well, you kept that minimal? Yeah, very, very to to a minimum. Kind of like a second being, city type thing? It, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. There was a certain campiness in, in how stripped down and bare the whole thing thing was. Well, um, it's actually a lane in sketch comedy. You know, there's ones that use the props and they have the different things that kind of, I think, kind of accentuate but in some ways take away a little bit of you know if you're if you have too much stuff on the stage it kind of takes away from the performances right. between the artists right and uh, so you have a lot of fun with that we had a lot of fun we we performed at the exit theater in the tl for eight years and then we began to get bigger shows we, we had a show at the marines memorial theater which is actually which is actually uh a, a, a union house and then at the magic theater which is like like a very kind of you know a, Cutting edge uh, theater in in Fort Mason. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's a cool. A whole area. lot of places. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Sounds like you had a good run with it. Yeah. What did you say? Eight years. It was eight years, and then we took a four year break, and then I went back and did a few more shows with them about three years ago uh, at the Sutter Street Playhouse. So, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I know in your work you've because uh, you've done some some Broadway show type stuff. We'll get to that. I, th- I think I got some questions out of order, but we'll just do it like this. Um, I know you've in your work through guests coming to the shows that you do because you had a long run with Beach Blanket Babylon, and we'll talk about that. But you've had you know people like uh, Willie Brown, or, um, Nancy Pelosi, Henry Kissinger, Captain Sully Sullenberger. I guess you did Charlie Short, uh, uh, George Schultz, George Schultz, and his and his wife Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, what, what was it like interacting with the the um, the political class? It was a well? real trip acting with the political class, yeah. and it was a challenge to keep your personal stuff at the door. I I grew up in a very politically leaning family where everybody says everything on their mind and you know, I, I you know, I'm there shaking hands with some of these guys and it, it's it's intense. It it I liked it because it makes me look at them as people. And there, sounds, yeah, it humanizes them as much as you can humanize somebody it does. like uh like uh, Henry Kissinger or George Schultz. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was probably easier for you with Willie Brown and uh, Nancy Pelosi because they're uh, probably closer to your political leanings. But, but yeah. you know, you got to get... Uh, and the they're arc- just friendlier. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you're standing in front of the architect for the Iran War yeah. and the other architect for the Vietnam War, uh, yeah, I would. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. There's a certain morbid curiosity yeah. where because you're you're, you're working in mu- in musical theater, Beach Blanket Babylon is about as light and 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 foo foo and 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 pleasing as as it can get. You're, you're sort of hidden behind a veneer, like yeah, sure. they have no way of knowing who who you are. Right. You're completely anonymous in a way, and sure. and you're just like hi hi. It's nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, that being said, they're all really nice people. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Well, in public, you know. Never intimidated by any of them? Huh? You had anybody that you were really intimidated by while working with them? George Schultz is a formidable guy. Uh, yeah. I, I, he's got a real poker face. and He was also wearing tights because it was during a benefit where he was going to come out in a certain costume. So the Nothing guy like was... like a serious guy in tights. It know. was very strange to talk to... <laughs> 
the former architect of 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 Soviet American uh, relations. He had gone up against Shevardnadze and all these other guys in the late eighties, and here's the yeah. guy wearing a pair of tights yeah. backstage with yeah, a bunch of dancers. Definitely, yeah, paradoxical moment. A, a um, but yeah, he was he's a deep dude, and you know he's a board member on some of the gnarliest companies in the country, and yeah, yeah he gets up to some shit that one. But you know, it's a Bohemian lame. club. And- yeah, oh boy, <laughs> we could do an hour just on that subject, mother man. Yeah, the little things that we have in the area. Um, let's talk about Beach Bank uh, Babylon. That thing was a very popular show. Very, like you said, fun, light. You know, just just a good time. Yeah. And you did, I think, if I'm not wrong, master electrician, lighting designer for what, twelve years, give yeah, or take, for twelve years between uh, 2000 and 2012. Yeah, what, how did you, what was it like? Talk I loved every minute of it. Those are those yeah. are what I s- sometimes cynically call when I can't get fun gigs like the happy years because they it, it, it was just the kind of gig where you're laughing on your way to work. You're laughing at work, and then you leave work laughing. You you can't believe that you're being paid to 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 do this. Like like they should pay like I should pay them for the privilege. Uh, that's um, nice. We had uh, eight shows a week, um, and so for for the uneducated, Beach Beach Blanket Babylon is a uh, is a pop culture review cabaret show. So there's there's a thread, there's a um, a narrative thread that goes through it, where you have a couple of protagonists. There's a Snow White character who can't find the prince, and that's established in the first few scenes, and then as the play goes on musically she begins to encounter different people and the people she encounters are people in current events and politics so uh and didn't you um, it sounds like a fun time it sounds like a great time didn't other shows like uh, mama mia and uh, the cast from evita or uh, wicked come and do some like get with your cast and do so segments of the yeah, show. Yeah, Joe Schumann like Silver was the producer, and she was and she was very very big on 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 getting involved with other companies. So whatever Broadway touring pr- production was in the city at that point, and doing a show at the uh, you know usually the Orpheum or the Golden Gate right. would 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 stop by, would come by for some kind of a planned benefit because we did a lot of benefits. Yeah. For cool. different causes and different things. Yeah. Um, and so some of those benefits involve more than just the cast of Wicked. They were fun. Uh, the cast of Mamma Mia was fun. The cast of Jersey Boys was a lot of fun. Uh, um, and sometimes they involved some of her, some of her like high society friends, these, these other figures in politics. And Yeah, that sounds very fun. Yeah. What's your favorite memory for working on? Beach My favorite memory is when we blew a fuse. Um, oh, what, that happened after that. We <laughs> basically an entire leg went, and uh, uh, half of the building went out. And uh, you know, there's there's people on stage with their big hats and stuff, and half of the audience was you know, was in the dark. There was there wasn't anything that we could do. We had to call the guy from from McMillan Electric to, to come and yank the fuse out because because it had to be taken out by yeah, some old school setup probably y- yeah real old school i mean yeah, and, big and, and this, a lot this, of power yeah you guys are drawing probably a lot of power in a show like yeah that. so what did you do with the audience uh we you, you know shut the show down we're we're experiencing technical difficulties please stand by and then doing that every 15 minutes and then then we give them drinks 
Yeah, it usually keeps so that was that was one one great memory. <laughs> that was one that I would probably put in a not so great memory for me, but you know, <laughs> had you know people popping strings and you know pedals, uh, you know, guitar pedals and stuff going out on stage or you know wireless mics or whatever your belt packs. And I always hated those moments on stage. It's you know it's just never fun, at least in my opinion. I didn't I tend to like to be hidden from the game. Uh, why lighting? What, what do you love about lighting? What's the, what made you, brought you to lighting? Uh, it, it was twofold. So half of it was, was that I had already been, been doing lighting at the Kettle Club uh, when I was younger and, and that I just have, um, maybe I have it in my blood. My father was a painter and half of me subconsciously wanted to do something visual, but I don't want to do exactly what he, he does. I don't know. I I went to film school and I and I like uh, and I made films in college. But lighting is something that kind of like brings together music also because I love music. I mean, I I I play a little bit of it and I listen to to music all the time. Yeah. So you feel like you have a strong visual sensibility. I have a very like strong. I'm, I'm an audio, yeah. My my ears inform my world. Yeah. You know, and it's yours more of a. A visual kind of thing. Mine is more of a visual thing. Like, like uh, I see colors, and and then and then especially after after working at Beach Blanket, I got into into the idea of 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 colors as notes or colors as brush strokes. Sure. So you're sort of painting with light. Um, Absolutely. Painting people, and then and then there's also the whole thing of negative space using using blackouts or blacked out areas to to create tension. You know, I'm I'm not into over lighting and sitting there with the bump button it's 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 about you know other things yeah totally i know um like we talked about when you first yeah. came in and you started checking out the lighting rigs yeah. and and i mentioned that it's a problem as a, you know doing tech shows um a show where we interview techs usually some guys like you and and the others that uh you know do some big stuff and so they come in and try to go oh you know if you try to maybe if you use that microphone in this way when we have to, you know, tell them, yeah, sit the fuck down. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to be coming here telling us how to. But yeah. so you could come in here and tell us if we had any lighting issues. Of course, my LD's a vicious little bastard, and you might not like it. But is he doing his lighting right? Just tell me. You can tell me. Uh, this is this is this is insane equipment. I mean, I would have a field day with this, <laughs> you know, with this rig. Yeah, he's LD's definitely just... doing it right. There's there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. he's a good kid. There's, he's a very talented a lot of stuff. man. Very talented, and he and he kind of speaks to lighting similarly as you do. You yeah. know, it comes from his heart. You know, it's just something that he feels. And, and he's he the best moth. We have a great moth. Yeah, he's uh, our lamp. He's pretty. We're, we're very pleased with him. Uh -huh. He does uh, well for us, and we, we kind of appreciate what you guys do, you know. Right. Um, sometimes it's a, it feels to me, have you, let me ask you, have you experienced this in your tenure in the game? Is there, is between lighting and audio, uh, in the touring world particularly, when you're out on the road, there's a kind of a thing that, I've, at least I've seen, maybe it's just because I'm, you know, uh, uh, a little confrontational to myself, um, uh, a kind of a cops and robbers thing, that, a kind, of, <laughs> a kind of, a kind of, you know, a kind of Indian and cowboy thing between the departments. Have you ever yeah. experienced that? Yeah, I do. So I like you guys. I mean, in spite of what you think of us, we don't work or something. No, like, no, I'm not going to say that. Nice. I would never say that. No, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, there's 
there's like a playful a playful kind of a banter between yeah. sound and lighting guys. Yes. I, I feel like like there's no barriers. I like sound guys because I love music. Yes. So I feel like like we're not doing nearly the same thing. When it's going right, it's symbiotic. Right. Right. When we're doing it right and everybody's firing and all the cylinders right. are going, everything's greased up properly. Right. Yeah. We can't. Uh, I I'll every so often you've mentioned you know on my page about like cupping the mic and stuff. Some of my memes that we make. <laughs> right. You know. Um, uh, yeah. Well, you know, we make little jokes about lighting too. You know, some <laughs> of the moth, like he called the moth thing, or uh, you know, I call it lampy. Uh, do you is, is that a pejorative to you? Do you hear that as a pejorative? Yeah. Oh I, shit. I, I, well, there's a lot of memes that you post, <laughs> yeah. which are like basically the, the common thread is that we don't we don't work a lot and we whine or something, which I think is funny because I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Actually. I don't I, I I don't know, man. I'll I'll, I'll if you I'll find it, show you, you later you, yeah, because because the thing is is that it's kind of it's it's not kind of true, but there's something kind of true about it um well i guess it depends if it's a house system versus a traveling system i'll right? just be honest with you yeah i get along with sound guys better than i do with most lighting guys and i don't wow. know why that is and, and if i lasted a beach blanket as long as i did it's because i was the only guy there oh wow i, I was the only one who, who you did, didn't have to who did contend with no no man. Yeah. i i wouldn't want to be in a room with two or three of me it's <laughs> it's too much <laughs> we gave our alan i bless you dude but uh, we gave Al a song. Have you ever heard King Missile, Sensitive Artist? If anybody hasn't heard that, he you know, loves it. I know. He's very appreciative Oh, my God. You, so, Al, we apologize right now. I'm looking at you right Al, in the camera. Al, love. Uh, we love, love you. you, Al. We couldn't do it without you. You, sir, are God. Okay, the, the show is still going on. You can come in and turn off the lights. Don't, don't fuck with the lighting guy during the show. After the show, perfectly acceptable. During the all show, right, no. Right, right. He was just joking out. He's just playing around. Pat, how you doing, buddy? Um, sorry about that little intermission. Uh, he's <laughs> no, trying to get no, me in the jackpot. And, and Al Wilk marches ass in here and shut the shit down. I swear to Christ, he'd do it. <laughs> yeah. Al. Huh. Yeah. I don't know Al. Yeah, okay. Al, yeah I, you probably, you may just know. It's uh, Al and Pettibone. He's an incubus oh, okay, guy, okay, okay. and he's, the guy's done a lot, a lot of gigs, uh, a lot of. He's like okay. a festival god, uh, but his last thing right before he should, matter of fact, technically right now he should be out on the road with an incubus tour that was mm. scheduled, mm. and of course got mm. you know poor best. Hey Pat, I mean, Pat I, got a question. What does Pat uh, want to know? Pat said, "Hey Kyle, ask Ignazio if he ever understood the manual of the Chinese LED pars, the Palace of Fine Arts." <laughs> Good to see him. I miss working with him. <laughs> you know, do you know remember Pat yes, the Switch guy? <laughs> What's up, Pat? Hi, Pat. I do. <laughs> I remember that. Did uh, you? Did you ever? Oh hell no. Figure it out. <laughs> the, 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 those. Those. It's, it's, it's dense. It's very thick. It's not. It's, it's not dense. a direct translation. I, um, I'm. I'm going to tread on this very lightly so that I don't cross too many PC lines. Yeah, you'd be good now. Most. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. All right, I grew all up right. in New York, but I'm trying. Goddamn Switzerland! <laughs> my ass neutral. My ass pat. <laughs> those 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 manuals are written in the worst Changlish. That, yeah, that it's rough. Could, it can be really rough. Yeah, yeah. We I saw something recently, and I thought it was I thought it was very a little insensitive. Actually, it was um, it was on Jay Leno's garage, and he was joking with a Toyota representative about an old manual from a '63 Corolla he had, and he started reading from it. And it was it was it was really rough. It was it was a very rough English translation. And he was thought he was being cute, and I was watching the Toyota representative, who was definitely from Japan, and he did not think it was cute, and so and he thought it was a little racist, and, and it sounded a little racist. That's probably why he thought it felt a little racist. Um, talk to me about. I know you work with uh, the 16, local 16, oh, Ayatsi. Yeah. 
Great, great branch, or one of the earliest branches in the game. Yeah. You know, they not that far after what had started on the East Coast was right. one of the... The first right. West Coast branches with 16. Tell us about working for 16. Uh, great local. I, I, I mean, it's 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 one of only two locals that I've ever, I work with. I work with one 34, but I'm definitely San Jose. Yeah, yeah, in San yeah. Jose. But I mean, I'm definitely local. a 16 guy. It's my home. Sure. Local. Um, I, I, I go back with them in a way. I've, I've had, I've had friends that were were longtime journeymen with them. That while I was at beach blanket were constantly trying to egg me on like you know they're they're like hitting me up like like fucking like harry krishna's in an airport like <laughs> are you sure that you're happy there like do you want to come with us you should come with us and and eventually it just it just built uh built up this belief that i belong there so when i stopped working at beach blanket um, I made the, you know, back, back then, I'll just be honest. It was like a begrudging move to work for 16 because yeah. now you're pretty much on, on call right. all the time. Yeah, it's, so it's tricky. It can be tricky. It can be tricky. It took yeah. a while to get to know them. Uh, sure. I got to know, uh, a lot of the stewards. Um, I, I went in there knowing a lot of the people and now I love it, honestly. That's fantastic. Yeah. You get the bennies and all, well, I know the bennies, I, I know 16's had, their thing got dimed out, but. Everything but, got dimed out. Yeah, that sucks. It, it takes that, a while for the bennies to kick in. It's too. just how it, I mean, yeah. hopefully that's a strong local and that it will swing. And they got, they, you know, they got a lock on San Francisco in many ways. Yeah. And a lot of cities can't say that, you right. know? And so the, uh, in San Francisco being a very union right uh centric city they're very mindful of that right um there's so it's a completely different experience than working at something like Beach Blanket which was basically like a big happy dysfunctional family sure, sure. nobody comes in and out of that place it's always the same 150 people year after year yeah. and this is just a whole different thing and with 16 the work ethic is extremely strong and it and there's a bunch of of unintended things that I learned there. Like it, it just makes you think about other people. There's something about working with them where you leave and you end up like holding the door for for people like and like and like letting people cross first. And you just I don't know. It civilized you a little bit. It civilized like. me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Wow. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I know. I, I agree. It's a good house. I've had some across the nation different uh, interactions with the locals all ayatsi yeah. and not always not always pleasant some of the teamsters do you know um yeah. and um, Intense people. but i've uh, for the most part i would say you know over the years we've done a lot of interaction with 16 you know, some of my favorite people are from there uh you know and from all the different disciplines audio uh, you know camera video uh, lighting and uh, yeah it's a it's a strong house and i don't know i could see where you could you would uh, you would be enjoying that, and that it's you know you got to a place where you know it feels like home. You so. always know the product is going to get done. Like yes, you go in there, it's going to get done in in the twelve hours or the sixteen hours or the five hours or whatever. I mean, it, it may go over a little bit, but it's 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 solid. Yeah. Well, you know, it, again, it's a it's a pro crew. Sixteen's yeah. got a bunch of diehards in it, and you know, there's a couple like any union. There's a couple knuckleheads, but but for the most part, yeah, you got some badasses in there. Some very yeah. trained up, you know, quality qualified guys and girls. And uh, yeah, what more can you ask? And again, that it, it truly is one of the earliest locals in the system, and so it's got a long heritage to uphold, a lot of tradition in that local. Right. And so you got some, you know, from the Joe Victorias and you know some of the best idiots in there too. I mean, right. just some really strong players. 
And I've got a lot of audio friends that work there, so you know I'm glad for that. That's a, one of those places when we get back going and you get you know get back to work. Yeah. You know, Benny's and stuff will start accruing, and you get back to the good money because that's also what's good about 16. We're gonna have Greg Shine in here. Uh, you, oh yeah. I'm sure you know yeah, Greg. Uh, and Greg's made a, uh, you know, he's he came up with us at uh, Sound on stage uh -huh. back in the day, and then kind of transitioned over there. And he he's made a hell of a life for himself. You know, bought a house. You know, he's uh -huh. he does really well, and he's a sweet guy. And yeah, he's one yeah. of those guys you can put him on any position in the audio world, and he can do it. I mean, it, it does it, it doesn't matter. And he really thrives on that. And he's going to be my union guy. I'm going to bring him in on. Um, uh, well, we're going to probably have him in very soon and talk to him about because uh, he's got really strong uh, love for for the union and yeah. a lot of experiences there. So we're going to bounce around with that with him. Listen, you've been doing this for a minute. <clears throat> you're you're an ob observant fellow. You know, I know you've been keeping an eye on things and uh, the the. the uh, uh, I would say the political things that have been transpiring, but let's we don't you know we don't go there. We, let's talk about. As it relates to what, in your opinion, do you think the future holds for our industry? How are we going to, as from what all you know and, and what you can, as much as you can surmise, um, how are we going to come back? <laughs> no, it's not a hard question. I, it, it's an easy question. It's not a hard <laughs> question at all. It's, I knew you were going to ask me this. It's a crystal ball been, question. I've been rehearsing know? it for the last three weeks. I've had plenty of time right. for my head to get all messed up about it. It'll come back very slowly, just... Thinking, thinking of uh, in in terms of the like of the indie or the UC theater or, or other places that I LD at, like it'll like who's who's the who's the insurance that's going to underwrite these shows with the Good new point. definition of what COVID is and what the risks are. So there's so many things that have to play out in terms of definitions and 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 what the medical community thinks is dangerous and isn't dangerous for it to get into like a legal language that in turn becomes part of the contracts. That's just what I think. I don't, I don't write these things, but. Well, that's actually um, one of the it's slightly different. You know, I ask this question in some shape or form on every show yeah. because mostly people that are on the show have been in the game for at least 20 plus years. Right. And so, you know, I feel like, and you answered it in a way that was slightly different than everybody else, hmm. uh, and in a very informed way, and and uh, kind of speaking to the legal ease and the, the those unique hurdles that I, I don't think a lot of people well clearly have done thirty something shows and and nobody's answered it that way. That was very insightful. I hmm. I tend to agree with you. Um, that's going to have to be hammered out, and and you know when you're bringing a bunch of people together, I know they're thinking about this whole passport thing, which is basically just a little thing it could be in the phone. It could be in a card that says you have been inoculated. It's just to be a candidate, I think, to come to these shows, I'm almost for sure. And I know there's a little pushback in my, my little roadie groups. I see people kind of posting about that, and I take them down almost instantly because I just don't want my – it just gets too chaotic quickly. Right, I know. Uh, people uh, I know just have seen... some strong opinions on this subject. Y yeah. And I'll tell you what, as a worker, because I don't really pay to go to shows, but as a worker, if I was going to go to a show, I would probably want to know that people – had covered their business on that, so we could be together as a community, as a group of people, and the likelihood would be very low that we'd be getting each other sick, and I don't see why that's controversial. My, to, to all my my records and all this stuff, so. Well, so the, the companies that I just saw a quick thing on this, and we'll just end up with this, is I saw a quick thing on that, and the companies that are forming up these little 
these little partnerships and their apps and so on, right. want to be very clear with you that they, that they don't store that information. Now, I think they'll have to explain that more clearly to the rest of us right. to before we start offering access to something like that, because I don't want that either. Right. I, my, I am very, uh, I think most of us are very careful and mindful of our privacy as much as we do give stuff away. You know, we do, we have allowed access to these Alexas and so on and so forth in your houses. We're allowing a lot of access to our world. Their algorithms have got us figured out. They probably know what I'm going to have for dinner later, you right. know, already before I've had it. <laughs> um, so, so, but at the end of the day, if you want to come out and play and, you know, here's some uh, stuff at 110 in your face um, and, you know, with some pretty lights and some nice lead behind you and, and some, you know, all the frills that we do, you may have to do some extra stuff. And if right. so, that might be the best thing. Listen. It was a treasure. It was a treat having you on the show. It's a, it's a good to see you. You look good. Your Thank eyes you. are bright. You look very nice. <laughs> and that you're keeping care of yourself. I'm glad you got to go back east and do that fun drive. I'm a little envious. I won't lie to you. I, <laughs> I, I, that sounds like, it looks like a lot of... commenting and I got, the, yeah. I got like a FOMO vibe. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Vince wants to be on the road <laughs> yeah, free, yeah, of, <laughs> free of the burdens of being a husband and working. <laughs> no, no. That's, it's funny. It's the burdens Love of and working. Cause, yes, because there is no burden. And I can say, honey... He didn't mean that. Stop. <laughs> you I, I, guys, okay. both of you. That wasn't good. I got uh, you know I'm, I love you, honey. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm a very lucky man. And I actually am pretty lucky. I actually enjoy my job very much. Both my job as a host on this show, my job as the boss of this building within the things that, my, that me and my brother share here. And uh, no, I, I feel very lucky. <laughs> and I hope that uh, with some of the change of guard and the things that are happening, we're all going to be good to go on working real soon. And uh, I hope to see you out there and, you know, doing what you do, doing, I will. you know, making beautiful light yeah. shows and making people smile. I will. Thank Thanks you. for coming on the show, brother. Well, I'll be back in here, too. So. Yeah, you're, you're more than welcome here anytime. You know that. <laughs> Thank you, Thank man. you, pal. It's good to have you on. Hey, listen, guys, it was a treat having you this evening. Um, we have we have a really good show coming up next weekend. We've got Jeff Diffner. Jeff Diffner is uh, he's a drum tech. He's a drum tech that has worked for Yes and Heart, and he's he's one of the most sought after drum techs in the world. Uh, his current uh, employment is with Rick Allen. He's uh, the drum tech for Def Leppard. So it uh, it's a unique drum job, and and he's the man. He was in here recently with us doing uh, some work, and uh, he ended up working with our crew really hand in hand. Just a just a sharp, talented, amazing guy. Such a nice guy, right? too. I mean, wasn't he good? It was solid, he well fit rounded. right into the system we have here because we kind of work, you know, almost silently with each other. I told we, you he brought me peanuts. Yeah, you we, sell uh, me oh, on yeah, that. No, one. You just give you food, and you're like you're sold. <laughs> Man, <laughs> uh, and by the way, I want to thank you for not trying to touch any of my candies. I know you got a I, nice I took all the butterfingers, honey. I took all the, the butterfingers. All right, I left in the rest of the little ones. But the butterfingers are staying with me. All right, so well, all right. I don't so, know how many of those you're getting. I'm, to I'm keep, gonna put them all back but... in my pocket. I just didn't want them to melt during the show. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Yeah. I learned eventually, <laughs> but yeah. So now that we know your dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm having for dinner. Listen, we've got Jeff Diffner on next week, 7 p.m. Thursday. Please tune in. Until then, you folks, take good care of yourselves and love each other. Good night. Have a good one.